queens take over here for changing the game. All female ass kickers giving lumps to you lames. Carolina boss lady giving orders cause she run it like a freaking assassin. You won't even see it coming. Got the Texas sports queen repping Houston for days. She's the voice of freaking reason. Keep you stupid at bay. And lastly, it's the Jester Delaware is a home. Talking crap to Jolie, your brains might get blown. And you know Kat and Kayla both the rep in the South. So you ever disrespect, you might get smacked in the mouth. Three women, one vision, podcast with a mission. Leaving haters so pissed, they be stumbling and tripping. Trust me when I tell you, you don't want that smoke. All female trio will make you lose that hope. It's time, so turn it up, let's get ready to go. It's the Queen's Takeover, ladies, start that show. This has been quite a heavy-hearted week for the entire wrestling community. Um, As announced on Twitter on Friday, a beloved member of the rest of the wrestling world, Daphne, aka the Scream Queen, uh, passed away. And you can see from on Twitter how much she was loved by not just the wrestling fans, but every wrestler in the world. It um, it definitely puts everything into perspective as far as like taking care of yourself, mental health, watching out for others around you. Kayla, I know you said that you you weren't you weren't too familiar with her, but you said that your boyfriend was a big fan of hers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you know a little bit who she was. Um, yeah, it's something he. Uh, I'm on there as a Carrion Cross and Scarlet, but it's called as something called EFED EWA or whatever. Um, where you can like do role plays and you get matches of different characters and stuff. It's it's fun, but it's aggravating because you may lose a match. But okay, he, um, he actually has a had was uh, characterizing as Daphne and and I think what kind of upset him the other day when I texted him, he's just like, um, he was like, what do you mean? I said he says I was actually about to bring her back because he has Bray Wyatt on there, and he does it like he was gonna put like a little stable you know, together and he was going to bring her back and um, kind of hit him hard because he had a moment where he actually tagged her on Twitter saying that he uh, role plays as her on EWA and she actually came back and liked it and retweeted it. Aww. And I think it kind of tore him up and, you know, but, you know, of course I dug into some of her, you know, past things, you know, trying to learn more about her. So, um, definitely a shocker um I mean she's definitely gonna be missed and um like we've always stated if you need help or anything don't don't be afraid to reach out um I'm sure the other two will say something about it but um messages as a QT bow down we're here to talk you know we're not going to record you if you just need to you know talk to us talk to us we're here for you um rest in peace Daphne um you can definitely have a wonderful reunion with the rest of the wrestlers up there screaming at them or whatever you do best. Maybe get some good matches up there. You got, <laughs> you got, a you got uh, one of my absolute WWE legends that I wish was still alive today. Um, Ashley's up there. So go have a match with Ashley, you know, the rock and roller herself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Jolie. This is what three suicides in three years. 
at least two, like two or three. Yeah. I think Ashley was in 2019, 2018, 2019. Hannah was in 2020 and now her. Yeah. Uh, suicide is no fucking joke. Um, mental health is no fucking joke. And we'll get to why I'm saying this later. Daphne, though, uh, I remember her working with David Flair. I remember watching her just kill it on WCW and then come over to WWE. My mom liked her because she was kind of nutso. Um, I think some of the coolest things is seeing the women's wrestling, WWE, AEW, ROH, NWA, Impact, like the people that had actual um, connections with her. Bailey posted pictures. Dakota Kai posted pictures. Um, Mick Foley. And I will say this, like, you know, when this all went down on I think everything went down on Thursday um, with her Instagram live and every, I've never seen so many people from different stages come together. Like Mm -hmm. it, 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 there was no forbidden door. There was nothing. Everybody just came together and did what they had to do to try to find her and get her help. Um, And then you had multiple people like Thea Trinidad, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, Mick Foley, um, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, uh, Jason Ayers, a, a referee from WWE, uh, just all come out and like, you know, talk about mental health. Um, Velvet Sky, I think, did as well. There's just, there's too many to name that all these people were like, you know, supporting not only themselves, but supporting the community. And like, you know, I had said something on Jason's thing because he said, like, you know, be thankful. And I said something, you know, every day that I wake up is one day closer to five years of no self-harm, which is true. Mm-hmm. My anniversary is coming up early next year. So, and he says, keep, he said, you know, he didn't have to reply. He said, keep up the great job. He didn't have to reply. And I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. And that man right there, like he's, he's an ally. He, he works a lot with the LGBT. He is just uh, one of the cooler guys that I've, interacted with within the wwe like that's a ref i mean like i've interacted with like a lot of different people on twitter i mean carmelo hayes is still one of my favorite people and uh he's just fun and so is um swerve Mm -hmm. but like you know just the amount of people posting supportive messages and trying not to be actual dicks like some it was it was actually uh, refreshing to see that you know, for once the wrestling community the cannot can actually put the toxicity away for ninety nine percent of them. That one percent can get dropped kicked off a bridge. But mm-hmm. Daphne Miss Daphne is going to be um, very very uh, missed. I believe. Yeah, I was on Facebook and it was. Oh my God. Oh, it's going to kill me. Blonde, blonde, not Barbie. That was Kelly Kelly. Um, not Stacey Keebler. What was the other one? Tori Wilson. Yes. Thank you. And I think she posted something that they came in WCW around the same time. And she just put this beautiful post together. And it was like, you know, it brought tears to my eyes. Like, you know, because it's just it sucks that it takes this for us to actually pull our heads out of our asses 
and stop being so toxic. And it just takes one person to kick the toxicity back in. And it's like, why, why does it take a death of this proportion, a death in this manner for people to actually be nice to one another? I, I just don't get it. I really don't. I don't get it either. And it's, it's very tragic and everything that we can't be nice. I mean, we can't be nice and civil to each other on a regular basis. And it takes something like this. It's crazy. So we definitely want to extend our condolences to her family and her close friends and just friends and and all of her friends who are, are definitely suffering. Okay. So Dolly, you mentioned dickheads. Carl fucking Anderson can go jump off the highest bridge. He doesn't have to die. I'm not wishing death. I'm just wishing that he just learns to shut his fucking mouth. Yes, he did post something about, you know, Daphne's passing. And then he had to keep running his fucking mouth, ripping on Triple H, NXT, bringing up a war that nobody really needed to bring up. Um, For those who don't know, let me kind of let me kind of back the track this and everything. Uh, Sean Rassap from Fightful, he did... Uh, tweet out that WWE sent an uh, email or a text to all of their talent, just letting them know that if they are suffering from issues, um, that the counseling is available when they when they need it. And then Carl Anderson tweeted, uh, it responded, um, "They suck," and just started all out. Okay, go ahead, Billy. <laughs> oh, and you know, and then they said, "Oh, the tweets deleted." He goes, "I didn't delete it. They still suck." It's like, and. You know, you said something, I said something, but like everybody's like, read the fucking room, dude. Like, this is not the time. No. You want to act like a bitchy ass ex wife, ex girlfriend. I mean, I know you're used to cheating on women, so you might not understand how women actually think or work. So, you know, you, you just need to learn how to read the room. People were hurting. Your colleagues were hurting. There's people in Impact that she worked with. There's people in ROH that she worked with. There's probably people in, in AEW that she has worked with. And you have to say, oh, WWE sucks. And, you know, Jake Atlas didn't have to say anything. But Jake Atlas, like, you know, he's like, I'm not making this about myself. But WWE paid for my therapy to get me help. And then somebody made the couple, well, they let you go too. And it's like, that has nothing to do with it. You know, the, a fictional war against a developmental TV show. A fictional war because you got fired. Carl Anderson is nothing more than a baby back bitch. And I think the only people running up for his autograph are people running up to actually spit in his fucking face. Because you couldn't pay me to get his autograph. If I saw him, I mean, yes, I got a picture with him and Luke Gallows, but that's because I couldn't step out of line. It was at Access. I got to do the Bullet Club thing. Dude's still a dick. I mean, hell, I got pictures with the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> you know, you, you, the only time I was able to step out of line was when it was Medusa because I had already gotten my picture with her. But since they, they wouldn't let me step out of line for anybody else. So, but yeah, no, Carl Anderson is a baby back bitch. Hey, look here to add. I think our wonderful jester has nailed, but no, um, I will say, Go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying he just needs to learn to keep his mouth shut. Um, So, I mean, Carl, you kind of suck now in the ring or whatever. But um, 
yeah, just keep your mouth shut or you'll have the ladies at a uh, Queen's takeover coming after you. Not to hurt you, but just spit in your face and probably scream at you. So <laughs> No, I'll, I'll not kick them. Well, protect your balls. Wear a cup. No, actually don't wear a cup. <laughs> we'll be good. Well, I mean, according to some people, he doesn't need a cup because they're that small. They might be bruised easily then. Hell, if you want to run your mouth, I mean, uh, Kayla and I will just eat popcorn and sip tea while you and the Jester go at it. And Hit trust me, little little tip, bud, you're going to lose if you go up against the Jester. And and that's not a prediction. That's a fucking spoiler. For real. For real. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, okay, so today we're recording this on September 5th. This coming up Saturday is the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Um, this is always a time of year where it's just like, it, I mean, it, it's for remembering. It's, it's definitely full of tears and sadness. Uh, we do know that uh, Thea Trinidad, a.k.a. Zelina Vega, will be um, reading off names in New York on that day. And, I mean, it's I, I'm actually thankful this is on a weekend because I don't think I can handle this during the week this year because of, like, it being 20 years because it's like, oh, my God, I remember that day. <sighs> Dolly, go ahead. <laughs> Well, for me, like one of the things I always ask people that like, you know, around this time of year, then my friends see it and or at work, I say, well, where were you? And, you know, everybody gives a different answer. Mine is I was in college. I was, it was my first year as a resident assistant. I was working in the international dorm at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and a half outside of Pittsburgh. And it is northeast of Shanksville. I will get to that point in a second. So um, I didn't have to get up early for class. I think my class was at 1030. And so my mom calls me and she says, turn on the TV, turn on the TV. As soon as I turn on the TV, flight, flight 175 struck the South Tower. And I never saw people be murdered in front of my eyes before barely 20 years old and this is on my tv i was just in shock because you know where i lived there was multiple car accidents but my parents always made sure i never got to see them because i lived at a very bad intersection of 202 and my road and we had a bar across the street and you know there was a very bad car accident that had a man burned alive my parents made sure we went over to my best friend's house, which is the opposite end of the, the cul-de-sac, and so we couldn't see it. So I was kind of sheltered from death in that way, violent death. But that just, I never saw that. And then found out about the Pentagon, and then later found out about Shanksville. And the thing about Shanksville is I looked at the flight plan from 93. Flight 93 flew over the general area of my university. And if they did their attack sooner, it could have crashed in my university. 
So that's why Shanksville is, it's just, it's, I had so many phone calls that day. So many phone calls from family and friends because all they thought was that was near me. And they couldn't get through it for the longest time because I wasn't in my room. Because I love, I lived in the international dorm. So I had Pakistani, Afghanistan, Saudis, uh, people from Mumbai, India. And we had those redneck frat college twat rocket assholes that decided to call in multiple bomb threats to our building. So I was literally outside my building for most of the day. Um, and no cell phones at the, I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I didn't get a cell phone until later. After this, I got the cell phone and, um, it, it, it hit even worse because one of the young men in my building, his uncle was flat on flight 11. So nine 11 has always haunted me because, um, right after that, one of my ROTC friends was shipped off to New York and then they fast-tracked a lot of the people in ROTC to go over to Iraq. So I never saw some of them again. Both they all, uh, from what I've known that they all came back, whether they were injured or not, they, they came back. That's all I know. Um, but they never, they did not die over there. The reason why I bring this up, we bring up 9-11 is the fact that, you know, as much as people hate WWE, as much as people hate Vince McMahon, the first large assemblage of Americans outside of vigils and just silent gatherings was the show in Houston. It was in Houston, Texans. I honestly did not know that. Yep. It was way, it was way before I started watching wrestling. And, um, you know, I guess they were in talks. Vince was in talks with government officials and they said the show must go on. And I, you know, Jericho Punk was Punk in 2001. I can't remember if Punk was there. No, he wasn't. Okay. I, I just, I don't remember so much of that show, but I just, the one thing that always sticks out in my mind is the rock and Vince standing next to each other and Lillian Garcia singing. Yeah. You know, they put everything on hold, every storyline, everything, you know, and it was the one time where I felt normal watching that episode of SmackDown. But, you know, like, like I said, I had like my grandmother's calling me, both of them. My sister was calling me her um, at the time. Uh, no, it was her ex, her ex-boyfriend called me because we went to the same high school together and you know, he was just checking up on me. Like I had so many people reaching out to me because they, all they heard was Indian because there's an Indian reservoir or the, like the Indian, like there's in the area. So they, to them, that meant Indiana. Okay. But like I said, flight 93 flew over the general vicinity of my university. And I will never forget just standing outside, you know, while campus police and campus bombed and uh, state trooper bomb dogs came through our building and just not seeing one plane in the sky. And it was just one of the most surrealist moments ever. And just like I said, like 20 years is it, it 
it's freaky because, you know, I was talking about this with somebody. It's like, you know, they're older than me. It's like, you know, JFK and the Reagan attempted assassination and Bobby Kennedy's assassination happened during your time. And that's, that's your present, but that's our history. And now our present are these kids history. And it's just, they're never like, people are never going to like, people are not going to understand how hurt people feel from this, especially the people that have lost loved ones. um, People that, rescued the last person one of the last people and it was funny i went to see that me and my mom went to go see the world trade center with nicholas cage in the movie theaters mm-hmm. and michael shannon portrayed the the marine after that movie came out the actual marine that saved the two port authority cops that were trapped the last two people came that came out alive of the towers yeah yeah black man was black they didn't they didn't know he once the movie came out he came forward whoa yeah so they knew somebody came but because it was so dark when they were on the pile they didn't know who he was like you know he gets recognition now but still it was like one of those weird little facts and i've watched pretty much everything on 9-11 i've watched conspiracy theories and I go back to an episode of Bones where they talk about 9-11 and the, the one thing, one, and the one guy, one character is a big conspiracy nut. And he's like, you know, there's, I've gone through every conspiracy theory. I still have my theories about building seven, but that's something completely different. Um, but one thing is that people hated America. People hated what we stood for and nobody deserved to die that day. Nobody. Kayla, the day that September 11th happened, I had just came back from gym class and was going to Miss Westmoreland's eighth grade science social studies class. Oh God, eighth grade! Jesus fuck! <laughs> we knew you were the baby, but damn, thanks for that. Yeah, 2001. I was in eighth grade. Um, I had just came back from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you all know, the jester flipped me off, y'all. But anyway, moving on. Go ahead, sorry. But no, um, we came back and normally we would go straight into our lessons, but we turned the TV on. And then our principal, Mr. Gardner, had came over the radio and had announced what was going on. So we were watching it on TV. And um, he says, we are canceling school for the day. Um, if you are a car rider, he says, we are going to... Um, go down the list and call because they had like a little list of everybody who rode the bus, who was picked up, you know? So um, they made notification to all the call riders and the ones that came. And it says, if you were our bus driver, you take. so we went home that day and I went home and sat, you know, sat down on the couch and just, you know, watched it and cried. And, you know, it just, I didn't believe that it was happening. And then my dad, you know, came home and, after because he used to do a bread route and my mom was still working um so we came home I don't even think we went to school the next day it was like a Thursday I think we were out that Friday so we didn't go back to that Monday and um one of the guys in my class he was out he was good out he was out for a good couple days you know like everyone's like this kid does not miss 
school. And, um, and it came out that um, real nice gentleman, he was originally from New York. His dad had gone up there to the World Trade Center for a job interview that he's been waiting for for the longest time. His dad went into that building and his dad never came back out. And, um, and it's just, I guess, because, you know, he sat in front of me every day, you know, he was the one that legit told me to go see the Harry Potter movie. Cause I didn't used to like Harry Potter. That's what we, that's what we talked about. And, you know, it took him a while to open up cause he was, you know, he was definitely not the quiet type, you know, until it was just like one day I'm like, all right, dude, what's wrong with you? You're not yourself. And that's when he came out and said that. And I guess he's doing all right to this day because I don't really, since we obviously, well, since he ended up going back to New York, so I kind of lost contact. But I mean, 9-11 hits everybody in different ways. Um, My cousin, my second cousin, actually worked at the Pentagon. Luckily, she happened to have, I believe she happened, they actually was able to get them out before anything was completely... um, it's just, like I said, affects everyone. Rather, you know, you have family, friends that had family. Um, you know, as a wrestling fan, it hurts all of us that Zelina Vega lost her dad. You know, it's just different things that um, that touches us all. And it's honestly really hard to believe that all of us was in distress, upset, crying, hurting. 20 years ago it just doesn't seem that long um and I still to this day I want to send you know prayers and thoughts and a bunch of hugs from South Carolina to all the ones that still hurting still thinks about it that's going to send that's going to sit down and think about it um just if we made it this far we're a tough country so hold up Sati (laughs) (laughs) or Shati sorry Shanti, Shanti. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. 2001, September 11th. Oh, okay. I was, uh, I was 23. And I don't usually talk about this on the show a lot and everything, but um, I've worked for a bank for over 20 years, for over 20 years now. It's going to be 21 next month. I'm not going to say which one. And I was in the first year of that working in the, at the bank, I was doing customer service on the floor and in, I'm, I'm sitting there at my computer and one of the managers comes running around on the floor, letting us know that if anybody calls about our branch in the World Trade Center, tell them it's closed because a plane just went into the building. And I'm like going, huh, what, wait, 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 what? How? I was like, how does that happen? And a lot of us were just like, kind of like dumbfounded. And, and then we hear about the second plane is, uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, people are like saying, like, how did somebody accidentally find it to the plane, flying fly to the tower? And then a lot of people was talking about terrorism and attacks. And I was like, what? huh? And then I heard about the second plane. And then I hear about Pentagon. And I hear about the fourth plane in uh, Pennsylvania. And then in our cafeteria, they um, had the news going on in there. One of the managers had uh, reports going on 
uh, something up on their computer talking about bin Laden taking uh, responsibility for everything. And I'm, I'm in my early twenties. I'm like, going, my country's under attack. And they left. And of course we still had to get through the shift. We had to get through the day because part of my department, we also were like a communication center for some of our like premier bankers up there. So sometimes you had like families getting through and stuff like that. So we had to like, um, kind of be on the watch out for that. But also they told us to like, if anyone calls and they're in New York, just kind of like be a little extra sympathetic, double check with them. And uh, I remember talking to this girl and of course, I don't remember a whole lot of the conversation, but she said one thing she had to do was call her dad. And I'm always such a, I'm been a daddy's girl for life. Hell, that was the first tattoo I got on my back is like a daddy's girl tattoo and so that night I'm turning on the news I I think I had the news on for like two days straight but that night I got home and it's like I had to call my dad (laughs) because it's like I had just been through like the world of emotions that day I just just told him I I had to call and check in and just tell him how much I love him and of course my mom too but it just like I just had to call him and it definitely hit in a world it, it definitely hit me but um the long one longing effect was that my sister at the time was a travel agent I remember when she was like studying to get her license and everything and she was working in your uh, downtown Houston and everything but after 9-11, the travel industry, of course, it took a it took a hit, severe hit and everything. And of course, she ended up getting laid off, which she she got, I mean, professionally, she got derailed for quite a while because of that and everything. I like it's like I like dramatic movies and everything. And sometimes it's like, um, and probably probably people might think I'm weird and stuff like that, but it's like even like the other day I saw like I had a, I saw United 93 on cable and everything. So I sat down and watched it and I'm just like in awe, like going like, this is 20 years. It's been 20 years of this. And so <laughs> I know a lot of mine was like all rambling and everything, but. It's an event that scarred us. There's nothing that we can do to change it. It's, this was our JFK. Yeah. And I mean, my mom, when she told me when she, when JFK was, assassinated you know she told me how much that affected her she how when bobby kennedy was assassinated and yes we know this is a wrestling show but like something like this is not something that we take for granted like one thing that we hear we do here is that we don't take anything for granted um amen like working in a stadium after the paris attack or um or when orlando got shot up security through the roof security is still through the roof um i i I know exactly when the snipers are there i know exactly when you know if we're having a um like we'll get told it's like somebody's big but like i'll tell you the one game that is completely you you damn well know that there's people planted with with everything to stop any type of attack when we have the army navy game holy shit that security is nuts Whoa! Oh yeah, our Army Navy game. I I will be 
like we have to go through two different checkpoints. We have to get like our bags opened and searched. It it's crazy. So like I I now remember going to nine uh, to 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 New York um, after New Year's to visit my then girlfriend. Uh, like it was just there were still flyers everywhere in Penn Station. Um, luckily her family was all okay. I had a classmate whose brother worked in the World Trade Center. He worked on the the 91st floor of the North Tower. They just, this is according to him. I do not know if it's true. I do not know it's false. This is what he told us in class. They sent his brother on a coffee run. Oh, God. He just exited the building when the plane hit the North Tower. Whoa. I remember, um, I'm a big, uh, I used to watch uh, Real World a lot. Of course, the challenge now, but I used to watch Real World a lot. I remember one of the girls who was in New Orleans, uh, Julie, I think it was. She said that she was to fly. She was like in like New York and Boston and she was in Boston and she was going to fly back to the West Coast. Her original flight was one of the her original flight was one of the ones that went into the towers but she had to change it for some reason yeah before we got on like you were saying oh you're listening to watching a drama it's the 9-11 one day in america that i was watching because i wanted to see it because you know that's sometimes it's never before and seen like you know footage that was shot by either film crews the fdny nypd uh just random people um and this one gentleman i don't know where he was from he had an accent and you know he was supposed to go to the marriott uh uptown but then they said no we're going to go to the marriott at the world trade center and you know he was on the phone with his sister the night before she was like you know wear something you know bright so they remember you he's like i'm gonna wear my nice yellow tie and so they were waiting in the marriott the first plane hit a woman stumbled that i guess was in the vicinity something fell and she was burned badly mm-hmm. walked walked in he helped her into the hotel help you know calm her down and then like you know she's like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna die at one point in this in his storytelling he was saying this and he's like oh, are you are you religious are you catholic and she said well, I, I i go to church because do you know the lord's prayer they start saying the lord's prayer which is the our father right and that's as he was saying the, that the Lord's Prayer, the flight that had his sister and niece on it struck the South Tower. And it's just like, you know, I didn't know. Like, the, I, I watched this stuff because, one, it's, it's, it's a different perspective because being from, you know, watching it on TV, I, you just remember the, the images. But hearing the stories means more to me. You know, the people that survived, the people that passed away. Like, I've listened to the voices from the tower, which is horrific. Oof. I've listened to the nine flight 93 phone calls, which, you know, that one still freaks me out. Hey mom, it's Mark Bingham. Why you tell your, like, it was just weird to me, I guess. I, I, I but apparently they came out that that's how he always talked to his mom. Oh, okay. So like, you know, I was like, like when I was in my little conspiracy like you know that's just wonky um but you know they played 
the voice of um, the one guy. And it's like, I remember the funny thing is I remember them canceling NASCAR for that weekend. And then the following week they had it in Dover and, you know, they had on, I forget, I don't remember whose car it was, but on one of the hoods they had, you guys ready? Let's roll on the hood. (laughs) But you laugh, but that's the last words heard from flight 93. And yeah, I know. know. But, But like, you know, but like people chuckle at that. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's like, it was something that, you know, struck people. And just like the Patriots winning the Super Bowl that year, people felt that they had Dale Jr. win that race on purpose because he was a fan favorite. He's basically a representation of what America is, you know, right. strong Southern accent, North Carolina man's man. But yeah, yeah no, it's, it's just, it was... 9-11, I think, was, like, I, you know, it just changed outlooks. And for me, it was a lot tougher because I, like I said, I worked and lived in an international dorm. Right. One of my coworkers, my co-RAs, he didn't go to class for about three weeks. He wasn't even from India, or he wasn't even from Pakistan. He was from India. Mm. But because he looked like them. It's like, I don't understand you people. I don't either, but it's just like, let's all keep in mind. I mean, this, this coming up weekend, this out, this whole week and everything, just in general, it's just like, we really need to be there for each other because the next Saturday is going to be a difficult day. And so it is, it's, a, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kim. No, I was just sitting there thinking, um, it, it was on a Tuesday. So they did cancel the rest of our school for that week, but, um, one thing I know affected everyone. Um, one thing about eighth grade is we used to do field trips and we would raise money, do like fundraisers. And one of our biggest one was to go to New York. And unfortunately that happened. And we ended up going to Charleston, South Carolina instead, which don't get me wrong, was fun. You know, ain't got nothing against it, but right. It's just, not New York. It's not New York. Until this day, I still haven't been to New York. So hopefully, you know, I get to go one day. But it's just, that was another thing that kind of affected us. I think we all were kind of depressed just like, because we saved up. We we met our goal because we set a goal. Ah. And we all saved up enough. We saved too many donuts. I think my mom had ended up buying like eight boxes of donuts from Krispy Kreme just so I could go. I don't think she ever, I think she ended up throwing over half of them away. But anyway, that, <laughs> our money went to, our money ended up going to Charleston. But like I said, you know, it's tough. And like Kat was saying, be here for each other. Reach out, you know, you're not alone. Yeah. Let's all cry together. Get a cry circle going or something. Exactly. Just... Well, it, it was funny. I was going through some pictures because I had gone to the World Trade Center um, with my Girl Scout troop. And I just remember, you know, looking down from, we were in the windows of the world, but we couldn't go out on the roof to take, to, you know, to get the full experience. Thank God I would have shit myself. Like I'm terrified of heights. We were on the windows of the world looking down and I have a picture looking straight down and like, you know, Somebody asked me, why'd you do it? I'm like, well, I thought it was cool. Cool perspective. 
But now when I look at it, I see something different. How do you still have that picture? I can't get rid of it. Damn. It's a good memory, but it's also kind of, you know, like you said, you look at a difference, kind of like tearjerker a little bit too. So yeah, definitely got different meanings on both sides of it. So it's crazy because it's like, um, I went to, uh, I flew into New York one time, but I was going to uh, Connecticut where my brother was stationed at, um, in the Navy at that time. I was in New York for one day. That's it. And it's like going, I was like, it was long enough to like have some dinner there, just kind of walk around. I forgot where I even stayed and stuff like that. But it's like, I didn't get to do like any of like the normal sightseeing stuff. So it's like, I've been wanting to go back forever. And then of course I marry a guy who's from Boston, doesn't really like New York too much, but we'll get through that eventually. (laughs) Oh, but I do want to, but I do want to go. Okay, so we definitely have to end this uh, episode with uh, with a laugh and just like we we got to keep this uh, light lighthearted in in this episode and everything. So, uh, (laughs) can we talk about how much uh, it seemed like uh, Paul Heyman was about to shit his pants? (laughs) I mean, Kayla. I mean, oh my god. A, why do you still have Brock on your phone? And B, why do you still have his ringtone? It's just like, duh. Yeah, it's like he's coming out and he's just standing there and Kayla's like, it's like Kayla knew something was going to happen because you can just tell, you know, it's like, yeah, where are you going? You know, and it's like, and uh, and all of a sudden, his music goes off, he hits it and he continues (laughs) to talk. It goes off again and Kayla goes, "Uh, your phone's ringing. You might want to get that, you know, and it's just like, so, and it's just the fact, yeah, I can't talk. Uh, uh, wait, I, uh, and he hangs up with them before he can even say anything. So I think seeing Paul Heyman crap his pants even more just over a phone call or just the sound of Brock's music is just great. Um, I also love the fact where, He's trying so hard not to dig himself in a hole that he didn't know, but I think Roman's catching on. Yeah, so, he might be in some trouble there. So I don't know exactly how they're going to turn the tables on this. Like, obviously, we're going to find out on Friday on SmackDown um, mm-hmm. because, yes, at SummerSlam, Roman stepped down. But like I said, I'm intrigued. And, you know, you know, it's just I may bitch that Brock might be back because I feel like spotlight's been taken off of somebody else that's been there. Mm-hmm. But it's a fact when they bring them in, they know what they're doing. And it just makes me, you know, excited to see what they're going to do with it. You know, later down the line on the podcast episode, I might bitch what Brock is or how Brock's not showing up depending the title or whatever they got going on. You know, I might bitch about it later. But hey, what's new? Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm excited to see how it's going to go. Is he going to turn on? Is he going to um beat the hell out of Roman, or is he going to, you know, go off on Paul? Roman's going to come to the Roman's going to be like, you know what, take him. And that's when someone had mentioned about the Shark Tank, have Paul Heyman at the top and have custody of Paul Heyman. At this point, I don't think either guy wants one because I know because Roman, I admit, 
since he kind of left, you know, I love the shield, but since they kind of, you know, got rid of that, Roman's got more vocal. He's gotten better with his promos. Yeah, some of them might you just want to go through the TV screen and, you know, strangle him sometimes because he gets that little monotone and talks real soft, which you can't hear him. Right. You know, but he's gotten better promos. He really don't need Paul Heyman. And I know Brock can speak because I've heard him, especially mm-hmm. telling Seth that he'll take him to Suplex City tonight, bitch. So I know he's got the promos. He's got it and he can speak for himself. But um, yes, um, even in person or the phone or just hearing his voice or just the tension that Paul has right now that he's on his edge of his seat. And then again, he just don't have to worry about the beast. He's got to worry about the tribal chief turning on him because tribal chief, you can just tell that he's just like, dude, I know you're lying. Just tell the truth. And plus the Us is uh Usos, I mean, they, they were on him first. Yeah, Usos, yeah, Usos has got it too. They're thinking, okay, Roman's kind of, you know, trusting this guy a little bit more. We're there. But Paul Heyman's got four big problems right now. So he better choose his Yeah. Yep. Three. You got two Us, you got two Usos, a tribal chief, and a beast. And a beast. So, Mr. Heyman. And Kayla. Don't forget about Kayla. <laughs> Paul, Paul Heyman is just a bald-headed, obsessed, I love to stare at Roman Reigns' abs as he walks down the ring walrus. I mean, it's just like those eyes are just sitting there like, oh, I'm in love with you. Or some, Have you ever noticed that? How he just I, stares at him. It's like, and it's just like, mom goes, you know, check this dude out. And then it's just when people actually sit there and call Paul Heyman out for sitting there staring at Roman Reigns or holding up the little title, like, hey, you know. So, um, like I said, I'm intrigued. I'm ready to see where this is going to go. And honestly, I would love to see Paul Heyman running for his life mm-hmm. from Brock Lesnar. All right, Miss all right, Miss Conspiracy Theorist. Oh, there's no conspiracy. I'm just enjoying the fucking show. I, I, and, and you talk about him shitting his pants with Brock? No. Best part of that whole fucking segment was Big E. <laughs> Dressed up as a fucking janitor and then just shoot. That's the sick problem he has. And he just starts laughing like the fucking Joker. <laughs> I, I was dying when it was Big E. So, uh. No, he, he's got some problems, but I'm enjoying it. Um, I think this is some of Paul's some of Paul's best work. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Um I mean I would be intrigued in a in a, a cage match for Paul Heyman's property. But you know, it is gonna be very interesting to see where this runs out. And for all we know, there could be a third person that we don't even know about. Okay, so here's the thing. Let's let's kind of end this with like one big question. From now until WrestleMania, who's going to take the title off Roman? We've got Brock as an option. We've got Big E as an option, even though he might get drafted to Raw. And we also have a certain Finn, a.k.a. Demon King possibility from okay, the way so- they teased it at the... From but the some, way that they, oh god! But you keep forgetting. You said, "Oh, Big E might get drafted to Raw." But did anybody see that messed up picture that got posted? 
with Roman not going on the European tour, him, the Usos, Bobby Lashley, New Day on a Raw in Charlotte. Nobody saw that. Nobody wait, saw I that. Thought, okay. okay. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. I heard about the European tour, Roman not going on it. What picture, though? I didn't see a picture. There is a picture of a preview for Raw in Charlotte or somewhere in the South. It's got Roman, the Usos, New Day, Bobby Lashley. All for Raw. So I think either somebody screwed up or they're just putting shit out there to fuck with people's minds. Huh. Interesting. Because it's like, all right, that'd be a very interesting twist. Let's say Brock stays on SmackDown. Drew goes to SmackDown. Finn stays on SmackDown. Roman and the Usos go to Raw. I'm for that. Bobby what? versus Roman. Damn. So so I I'm just like, this is getting better and better. And people are like, oh, WWE sucks. If that was a spoiler, I want to thank whoever posted that. <laughs> Cause that looks like fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. <sighs> okay, so. All right, I'm not gonna name choices. All right, I'm not gonna do choices then because there's a a report came out that Rock's not doing WrestleMania next year. So, Jolie, between now and WrestleMania next year, who's taking the title off Roman? All right, I can see a triple threat between himself, Balor, and Brock, and somehow Balor winning the title. But it has to be Demon Balor. Because that seems to be the only way he can win titles. That's how he won the Intercontinental Championship away from Bobby at WrestleMania 35. And then that's how he won the Universal title. Mm-hmm. All right. Kayla? Um, it can go either way at this point. Um, but... I'm going to say next year in Texas, next year in Texas, our universal champion going into WrestleMania is going to be Mr. Finn Balor. Finn Balor or Demon King? Hmm. Well, well, I always know Vince said he wants to keep it as a special occasion that he don't want to wear the gimmick out. But, um, Truthfully, I would actually love, uh, luckily the face paint now does not take as long as he said it used to, because he used to do everything. Um, But as much as I would love to see him as the demon all the time, which I honestly think would be amazing because, you know, we've seen the fiend the whole time and, um, you know, just different gimmicks. Um. Like we stated before, you know, Kane with his mask makes him stronger. Um, I just see Finn Balor going to WrestleMania's Universe Champion, but if I honestly had to choose, um, I would love to see the Demon stay as the champion so that make him dominant um, 
you know, make him even more stronger than what he is. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm putting it down on the line right now. This will be recorded next year, WrestleMania in Dallas Te- or Arlington, Texas, at AT&T Stadium with my ass sitting in that seat. It's going to be the WWE Universal Championship on the line. Demon King Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross, and your winner will be Mr. Karrion Cross because he fell because Finn fell and prayed, and the demon record has been broken. Whoa! Discussion. Whoa! Jolie, talk about a damn prediction. That is not a prediction. That is a fucking spoiler. Whoa! Hello! Only seven months away. After, after Karrion Cross beats the shit out of the big bald bitch on Monday Night Raw and becomes WWE champion. And at <laughs> WrestleMania, it's going to be two pelts, Karrion Cross running both shows. And you can you can believe that. Uh, Jolie, I was going to end the show. Go ahead and end the show. But I know you probably got something to say about on that one. No, no, no. I'm reading a uh, NoDQ.com article about punk telling the people that hate the AEW to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I want to end on that. Dear <laughs> Mr. Punk, once again, you proved to be a whiny, cry little bitch. It, you you don't understand the reasons why myself does not like AEW. If you sat down and had a conversation with me, maybe you would understand. I don't watch AEW because of my personal and preferential reasons. Has nothing to do with the wrestlers, has nothing to do with the company. Well, all right, it has a little bit to do with some of the wrestlers and how the companies run. So what I say to Punk, no, motherfucker, you just made... To quote Jericho, you just made the list. You've made the top of the fucking list. You look like shit hitting that go to sleep in those jeans. I mean, you look like absolute fucking garbage, bro. And maybe you have a good match tonight. Maybe you look like you did in your MMA debut and get your ass whooped by Darby Allen and a skateboard. Quite frankly, I don't give a shit. You you can't come out and say, oh, people who hate AEW... And then, like, you know, come out and say, well, I fucking hate WWE. That makes no fucking sense. You can't have, you, you, you want to stop toxicity towards your company. You need to stop toxicity against all companies. So you're a hypocritical little bitch. That's what I want to end on because her, her theory was fucking kind of cool. So uh, <laughs> punks are just a, punk and Carl Anderson are criny, whiny, baby back bitches. And if y'all have an issue with that, y'all can uh, at, at QT bow down and let's have a discussion. I run the Twitter, but I will definitely pass a message on with gladness. All right. And on that note, that's all we have for this episode of the Queen's Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>